things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Welcome. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And we are going to dive into a little bit of craziness simply because uh, looking at all the social media and all the conflict that is in our world today and even just seeing in the news from Israel to the Palestinians and and just the craziness, it's just it lays heavy on my heart. And I am passionate about how we communicate with each other, because if we can't communicate on the simple things in our home, it trickles out. It actually, it oozes out like the gooey blob. I don't know if you guys remember that that movie where it's just, you know, <laughs> going through the pores and outside, um, underneath the, the creeks in the door. Uh, I said creeks in the door, under, underneath the doors. But into the workplace, into our community, and definitely we see it in social media. So what does that look like? And I want to start with the mistakes in communication and then go into how we can turn it around. How can we do this 180? Uh, our, our human minds usually remember things in sets of three, but I'm going to mess with your brain today and give you an overload of a list of eight mistakes in communication. And this is truly lip-smacking lists that will change your life if you can remember these and remove them out of your life. Which, by the way, some research says that it takes 21 days to uh, get into a habit and let it become a part of your, your DNA. I think it actually takes longer. But if you can even just write these down, uh, go back to them and and do a self-awareness check. Uh, how am I when I deal with, with conflict? So the eight I'm going to unpack today, uh, I'll, I'll go through them real quickly and then we will uh, go back and figure out how do we make this applicable? So number one, avoiding conflict. Two, getting defensive. Three, overgeneralizing. Four, having... Uh, to be right, having to win the argument. Five, simply not listening. Six, playing the blame game, always pointing the finger at everyone else. Seven, not asking for what you want, expecting everyone to know what you're thinking. And eight, not recognizing the differences in communication styles. So now we're going to unpack these, uh, make it fit into our real world, our dailiness, uh, once again, so we can make this applicable. And the trick here is becoming aware of these mistakes so we can handle the conflict when it first bubbles up so it never reaches the point of bubbling over, hopefully. Many of us, we just don't even have a clue about how to deal directly with disagreement when tension comes into play or uh, I don't know, it leads to resentment. We don't realize that we are playing the victim when it comes to conflict. 
So when you think of a time, like right now, think of what conflict do you have in, in your life? And just the other day, I was coaching an individual and they said, you know, I really don't have any conflict. I'm not dealing with conflict at work. I really don't have, you know, conflict going on in my daily. And I said, okay, just pause for a second and think of when you go to bed at night, what is in your head? What are you, what thoughts are you dreaming about having a conversation with someone or it just keeps looping around? And she shared that her adult son was still living in her home and the conflict that was happening with, you know, not getting a job and <laughs> I said, okay, let's pause here. That is huge conflict. And we don't realize how much it plays into our day and the conversations that we can have to help deal with this conflict and help, you know, in this case, her son move on and what solutions that we can come up with. So that's our, our number one uh, conflict mistake is avoiding the conflict. We avoid it to the point that she couldn't even see it as there's conflict in her life, that she has tension there daily because of her situation. So once again, if you're going to bed at night and you're having fantasy conversations with someone night after night after night, yet you're not doing anything with those conversations, you need to either change the chatter, change the narrative in your brain, or talk to the individual, sit down, share your thoughts, ask them questions uh, such as help me understand what's happening here. I, I feel hurt or I feel embarrassed. You know, use the I feel, I feel less than, I feel unworthy. Um, I feel that you're disrespecting me when you're not listening to my ideas or putting out some of you know, the solutions that we're throwing on the, the table. So whatever your emotion is to start the conversation, do that write it down, but get it out of your brain. And then what am I going to do with it? How long am I going to allow this to go on before I set some boundaries or before I address this conflict? So you can either move on or uh, somehow deal with the stress that's in your life because of, of this conflict. And if you don't, then resentment builds you create a different narrative in your head when we don't deal and communicate effectively. Uh, another example, I was coaching someone who was annoyed because the person next to them in their cubicle had a really annoying phone ring. It was the old ring from our uh, landlines and couldn't stand it. I don't know if it's because it evoked an emotion in him, like a childhood emotion of that annoying ring, but so annoyed. And then he always would have it on the, the highest volume. So he would go to the restroom and it would ding and ding and ding. And he felt like he couldn't get his work done because he kept being distracted with this annoying phone ring and the dings. So day after day, you know, at night, he would have the conversations with him uh, with his cubicle mate, but yet he would never say, hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I I feel annoyed every time I hear the, the ring. Is there something we can do here? What are your thoughts? He just went over and took the battery out. 
And I, I was laughing because sometimes we avoid conflict to the point that instead of dealing with it, when we do deal with it, it blows up. So now you're having to have a conversation of why you took the battery out of the phone. And it would probably have been better if you would have just shared, this is how I feel. What What's something we can move towards a solution here? Uh, trying to be relentless positive and solution focused uh, rather than letting it blow up. Okay, the second one, being defensive. This is a hard one to avoid because we want to share why we did something. When when someone approaches us and says, you know, hey, your, your phone is really annoying or uh, another example, I was coaching someone who had two best friends on each side of his cubicle and they would talk all day long. And finally, he just got to the point where he said, would you two shut up? Because I can't even think straight. So you get defensive. And then when they addressed it, you deny, you deny the tone, you deny ever saying that because it it is a blind spot, you don't even realize that you reach that point where you got that defensive. It's hard to do a self reflection. Uh, we simply want to dismiss the possibility that we could be a part of the problem. Uh, one way to deal with this is when someone tells you what you've done, just say thank you. Thank you for that feedback because it changes your brain and it's harder to go into defense mode when now you're in, your brain is in that place of gratitude. So that is the biggest tip when you're getting defensive, just think, pause for a second and say thank you. And then you can get your thoughts together to explain, maybe not right then, later on, uh, explain, hey, I appreciate the feedback. Thank you so much. I just want to say this is where my my thoughts, you know, this is where I was coming from or however you want to uh, explain your situation. The third one, overgeneralizing. Uh, do you blow conflict out of proportion by making broad generalizations. And I see this um, in mediation, especially with marriages that aren't going very well, uh, where, where we store up uh, comments like, you know, when you're, faced, when you're faced with a disagreement, do you start sentences with phrases like you always and you never, as in you always come home late, or you never do what I what I want to do, or you never watch Netflix, you know, the, the ones that I want to watch. Uh, typically, these statements are broad and they're untrue. Uh, starting a conflict in this way is not constructive and will make reaching resolution difficult. Even if you change the word to often, like I often feel that you come home late, or I I feel that we watch, you know, your movie more often than we will pick a movie I want to watch. So just languaging it differently can really help you in the conflict. Next one, the fourth one being right. Uh, especially with, I see this in social media. I think we all see this in social media. It is okay to have the opinion that there is a right way to look at things and a wrong way to look at things. 
definitely we can see things black and, and, and white. The problem occurs when someone believes that their way of seeing things is the only correct way to look at the situation. It is important to recognize alternative points of view without viewing them as a personal attack. There is not always a right or a wrong, and two points of view can, can both be valid. And when I say there is not always a right or wrong, I do believe in life that there, there is one path. Um, you know, example would be when I look at scripture, but I think it's it's important, it's actually significant to to listen to other people's perspective. So when we're always trying to win the argument, uh, this is dangerous for conflict resolution. And that is what I'm talking about here. If people are focused on winning the argument, the relationship is a goner. The point of the process is to re reach a mutual understanding and then find a resolution that respects everyone's needs. So making a case for how wrong other people are and then shaming them or making them feel unworthy, discounting their feel feelings or holding tight to a point of view does not help resolve the conflict. It's actually called toxic and you are being a bully. Okay, remember that. If you're always trying to win the argument and you want everybody to know you're the smartest person in the room, you're being a bully. So if you don't know anyone around you that's always trying to win the argument, it might be you. Next one, number five, forgetting to listen. I, I want to stop right here and just pause because this is the, I think, the, the most significant skill not forgetting to listen, but being able to listen uh, that we can have when it comes to conflict. Often people just want to feel heard. They just want you to listen. And that doesn't require agreeing with or acting on what is shared. Listening is a simple yet effective way to diffuse conflict. It's amazing what happens if uh, you're you're mediating and you're listening to two different stories when you're writing it down where people know not only is she hearing and she's listening, she's writing down my thoughts and my emotions and my feelings so I can see them. And I'm looking at it going, oh, wow, this is how I feel. I, I'm being understood here. And when we interrupt or we roll our eyes or rehearse what we're going to say next instead of truly listening and attempting to understand what they're saying. Uh, if we're not doing this, this prevents people from seeing the other person's point of view. And there is real value to listening and not only listening, and I know this is, this is a hot buzzword, but empathizing with the other person uh, making this process uh, of resolving the conflict, it makes it so much easier when you can get people to stop and truly listen to what is being said. Uh, I don't know for those of you that are parents, uh, we often, as soon as I, I had a situation the other day where my daughter was sharing a story about a friend and I made a comment, uh, well, 
we could see the writing on the wall in that relationship. And she was a little offended that I immediately jumped to a conclusion of putting this person in a box and going, yeah, well, we saw that coming. And rather than just listening to her story and hearing what she had to say. So when we cut them off, uh, it, it creates conflict simply because we're not there and fully, fiercely, just truly, fiercely listening. Number six, playing the blame game. And I think we all can get caught up in this. It's easy to point the finger at someone else. Uh, have you been around someone who simply they can't apologize for anything? Um, maybe that's you. When's the last time you've said, I'm sorry, or, hey, how can I make this right? Um, some people just they they handle conflict by criticizing and blaming the other person for the situation. And usually if you are this person this is the hardest. Some of you might be listening to this going, oh, yeah, that's my spouse or that's my teenager where they they just cannot say, hey, I, I'm sorry. They they see admitting fault as a weakness. So if they said something, maybe they stretch the truth and you call them on it. If they say, I'm so sorry that I wasn't completely honest, that this will hurt their credibility. So rather than being vulnerable, they will def deflect the blame. They will point it at you or somebody else, that whole smoke and mirrors game that they'll play because once again, they will see that as it hurts. They're embarrassed, basically what it comes down to. And they see it as a weakness. They see it that it affects their credibility. This can be a difficult problem to overcome because it becomes a habit where they're always deflecting. And it is important that everyone buys into the conflict resolution process to resolve the conflict. And when I say buy in, uh, if we can open up this like clean slate and and say we're we're not going to play the blame the blame game here. We truly are going to take ownership, and we're all in. And if we see our part in it, let's own our part. All right, number seven, not asking for what you want. And I see this so often where we think you should know what I want. You see this a lot in marriages. Uh, you hear the, the funny stories where the husband asks their spouse, you know, did, did I do something wrong? Uh, are you okay? And the typical an answer is, I'm fine. And if I have to tell you what is wrong, if I have to tell you what you said to me that hurt me, if I have to tell you what you did to me, then obviously we're not doing well. So I am fine. Thank you. Rather than being clear about your own desires and instead of waiting for someone else to recognize what you need, uh, just this is this builds resentment over time where I always have to tell you all I want you to do is to hug me and say I'm sorry. I don't want you to go into defense mode. I don't want you to put the blame on, oh, it's because I had a hard day at work. I just... I just want you to hug me. I just want you to listen to me. I just want you to say, I'm so sorry you had a bad day. So people can't read minds. 
So if you don't take the time to clarify what you want and express your concerns, then others won't know how to create a solution. And resorting to the passive aggressive behavior, uh, going into silent treatment or, you know, the snarky comments, like I said, rolling your eyes or, you know, giving someone the cold shoulder or bullying, really you're bullying silently. It's no way to achieve the satisfaction. The best way to deal with conflict is to know your own mind and then speak it. So know your own mind, get the clarity, and then speak it. All right, number eight, not recognizing differences in communication styles. Now we spent all of the month of April on communication styles, turning your your differences um, in you know minimizing the conflict. We did four different episodes simply on behaviors and disc assessments. So you can go back to that if this is where you see that your conflict, uh, you know, that's what you're dealing with. Uh, so not recognizing those communication styles can be huge. And I'll give you one example. But like I said, uh, there's four different episodes specifically dedicated to this on conflict. An example would be, uh, Jane feels like her boss did not listen to her. And over time, she has developed a, a no one hears me. She becomes this, this you know, victim, um, the negative narrative, continuously per, putting herself in victim mentality. And as a result, she's not accomplishing what she wants and she's not advancing in her career. She's stuck in a rut. Uh, she needs to ch to to change something. <laughs> Can't get that out. She needs to change something, but what? And the solution would be Jane is not speaking in a way that her boss can hear her. If, if she's dealing with her boss, who is a high D in her communication style, so she wants Jane to come in with. Uh, give me bullet points, and Jane is coming in with emotions and um, dreaming more so versus coming in with those bullet points. And this this is uh, just a clash in the different communication styles. And until she can figure out to speak her boss's language, then that will be the narrative she's going to play in her head. So if you're in that place Right now, you're you're hearing all of this, and I just gave you the the top eight mistakes that happens. Uh, and if you recognize one of these, then take some time to jot it down and go, yeah, you know what? I can work on this. Uh, I can I can see where I would fit into that. Often, what happens is that we we listen to this type of. Um, I don't know, being at a workshop or a podcast and we point the finger, we go into the blame game of, oh, wow, I'm going to send this to my, uh, you know, son or my spouse or my coworker because that's what they're doing rather than internalizing it and going, okay, what part uh, out of these eight mistakes, where do I fit in? 
So I just want to challenge you to look at that and go, how am I communicating? And what's interesting, the more that I am teaching and coaching on like crucial conversations or conflict resolution and mediation, the more I realize it comes down to if you are doing a negative narrative in your head, it's because you are seeing yourself as the victim. Even if you're parenting and you're so annoyed at your child, it's usually the victim of, I don't feel respect. I feel like they're not doing X, Y, and Z because they're not respecting me as a parent, or they made that snarky comment because they're not respecting me as a parent. So think of that and go, all right, if I'm feeling the this disrespect, what do I need to do with it? I can sit down with my son or my daughter or my spouse or my coworker and say that I feel disrespected when you talk to me this way. And then think of a solution together. Give them the choices. What, what solution can we come up with together so we can be better roommates? So we can um, have less tension in our home. In the situation where uh, the one gal said, her son is still living at home. Okay, I feel disrespected that you are still, you know, financially hurting us when you can go out and get a job. And then a couple of things there, build up their self-esteem because we don't want to be the bully. We don't want to shame someone. We don't want to make them feel unworthy. So find out the areas that you can really help their self-esteem. I love the way that you help around the house. I love the way you're doing the trash and doing the dishes and vacuuming, whatever it is. I love that. I love your help here. But we need to come up with some solutions. Perhaps we can, you know, here's some free counseling sessions you could go to. Uh, maybe there's medication that we can have you get on. What, whatever it is, come up with solutions together and deal with the conflict. And that is our eight mistakes is it are the eight, is the eight mistakes are the eight mistakes <laughs> there we have it these are lip smacking uh list of the mistakes that if you're aware of them they will change your life if you can remember these and remove them out of your life once again avoiding conflict getting defensive overgeneralizing always having to be right so you're trying to win the argument simply not listening, playing the blame, blame game where you're always pointing the finger at someone else, not asking for what you want and expecting everyone to know what you're thinking. And the last one, not recognizing the difference in communication styles. So those are the the eight. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, listening. It's an honor to be a part of your day that you are listening to Girlfriend It this is it. Please subscribe to Girlfriend It. And uh, also starting a YouTube, if you want to go to Potty Lynn Wyatt and subscribe there, that would be appreciated. And we are passionate about moving you from here to there. You were created for a divine design beyond limits. Tag, you are it. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Fit, hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.